Good morning. I'm going to sit down too. <laughs> Not that that's any different than normal, but, you know, get comfortable in our time of prayer. Although not a, it's not always comfortable, is it? The altars are always open, but especially now. This time is reserved for prayer, not only by yourself, but so your church family can pray with you. We don't have to know what's going on, but just so we can be with you, to mourn with you, to hurt with you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, You know what lies in our hearts. You know the heaviness. You know the pain. You know the joy. You know the sadness. Lord, you know it all. You felt it all. You grieve when we grieve, and you're joyous when we are joyous, Lord. You hurt when we hurt. comes next for us. We aren't even guaranteed our next breath, but we know that as long as we rely on you and believe in you, that regardless of what comes next here, we are assured that we will be with you no matter what. So I pray for that pain. I pray for that sadness. I pray for that heaviness that weighs through the chaos of this life, the dark waves that wash over us that we never asked for but are yet still there. I pray just as Jesus did when the disciples feared death on Galilee. That you would calm those seas for us, even if it's just for a moment. Calm them, the wind, the storm around us, just for a moment so we can hear that still, small voice. So we can take a moment to focus on you. And so that you can guide us through the rest of the storm. 
pray for those this morning that maybe aren't with us for whatever the reason, whether they're online or just absent totally, Lord, you know their hearts. You know what's needed. You know the sicknesses, Lord, and I pray for those. Lord, you are the great physician. And whether you heal by miracle or medicine, Lord, still comes from you, just as our breath does. I pray for this service, and as we continue to worship in your word, Lord, that it would be embedded into our hearts deeply, that we would never forget the words that you've given us and that we would live them out through our lives. So as we go, let us go with you and what you have for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Jesus, you don't owe me anything, more than anything that you can do. I just want you. Thank you, worship team. The Bible tells us when two or more are gathered, there he will be as well. I think with musicians, when one or more gather, there will be a joyful noise, right? <laughs> more noise, some fight, but it's always joyful. Whether it's a noise, it's a sweet sound anyway, right? Thank you, worship team. It's good to see everybody in church this morning. Um, you know, nice uh, fall day. A little ahead, last day of summer, I think, was yesterday. But... Uh, it is what it is, and we just press on. The air conditioner will be on, and if that's too cold, then we'll turn the heat on. You know, that's what we do. Just a few things I want to bring for announcements. We, uh, we're wrapping up our ministry survey. Um, you can actually point your camera app at, at the QR code, and it'll bring up a quick questionnaire if you haven't done so already. We also have that on our Facebook page. If you don't do either one of those, then I would invite you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call her right out. See Pastor Judy, and she will, uh, she will take your information separate from the electronic version on, on what day or time for a study may, may work best for you. You don't mind that, do you, Judy? <laughs> She's not going to say no in front of everybody. <laughs> we get it done. <laughs> Thank you for that. But so far, it's looking like um, we're going to have a ladies' study here 
Thursday at 2 p.m. every week. So we encourage you to come for that. If you wanna just tell Judy that you're gonna be there for it, um, that would be great. And she can, uh, she can count you in for that. There's also a study that Judy is doing each Tuesday at 1 p.m. It's a recovery group and it's held over at the MHAB facility over on the, the newer side of the base. Okay, so those are the ones that are lining up already. And then in addition to that, we have the highly acclaimed, long anticipated ladies breakfast on Saturday. My wife is stand-up Debbie. She's got a, she's got a sign-up sheet if you'd like to, uh, to come to that so we know what everybody's gonna bring. Even if everybody brings bacon, it's a success. So, so that's good. And then the men's breakfast is gonna be the first Saturday begin of each month starting next month, okay? So that's what things are looking like so far. Uh, if more people sign up for more things and there's more interest, we're certainly gonna do as many uh, different opportunities as possible. And um, the other update that I had is an update on the sale of our parsonage. Um, so this long anticipated process <laughs> started about 11 months ago. And whenever a church sells something or buys something or gets a loan for something, the state attorney general has to put their smiley face on the top of it. Well, they didn't like the, the transaction that we were under contract with, so they said no. So we're starting over a little bit and it will be um, for sale on the open market. So that's, that's what our next step is. We had an off-market uh, buyer, so the attorney general didn't like that um, for various reasons that aren't really important, but you'll see a sign out in front of the parsonage probably sometime this week. So that is our update on that. If you have any questions, feel free to ask me after church and we'll, we'll just see where God brings it. So we know that um, whatever will be, will be, and, uh, and that's what we'll do. All right, so Warren is gonna bring, uh, you're gonna read the scripture, right? Yes. Come on up, brother. This must be your sheet here, huh? Yes, you want me to take that with me? Good morning, and just to con I just got confirmation there will be bacon at the men's breakfast, so just make sure you all understand there will be bacon at the men's breakfast. Yeah, yeah. All right, so I am reading from uh, Luke, Luke's uh, book, chapter 13, verses 10 to 17, and it's... Um, about Jesus healing a crippled woman on the Sabbath. And let's go from this one, there we go. On the Sabbath, Jesus was teaching in one of the synagogues. And a woman was there who had been crippled by a spirit for 18 years. She was bent over and could not straighten up at all. When Jesus saw her, he called her forward and said, woman, you are set free from your affirmity. Then he put his hands on her and immediately she straightened up and praised God. Indignant because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath, the synagogue leader said to the people, there are six days for work, so come 
and be healed on one of those days, not on the Sabbath. The Lord answered him, You hypocrites, don't, doesn't each of you on the Sabbath untie your ox or donkey from the stall and lead it out to give it water? Then should not this woman, a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has bound, kept bound, for 18 long years be set free on the Sabbath, on the Sabbath day from what bound her? When he said this, all his opponents were humiliated, but the people were delighted with all the wonderful things that he was doing. Does Paul have a wireless or does he need this? Thank you, Warren. Okay. It is a joy to be with you in worship this morning. I am thankful for the beautiful drive my wife and I had up here yesterday, and uh, last night, Pastor Franklin and Sarah and Addie put us up for the night. We had a wonderful time. I um, have, my wife and I have had five boys, and it was nice to be with a little girl last night. <laughs> and uh, we delighted in that and uh, seeing her this morning, and it's so good to see each of you, uh, some we haven't seen in a little while, and some new faces, and that's all so well and good. We thank the Lord for uh, the hospitality we had last night in their home. And we thank the Lord when we come up here once a month, it's always a joy to see you and to be with you. And I thank the Lord for the privilege of being in his house. Um, I, I love to see people with a burden on their heart bowing at an altar up front here. Last Sunday, we were in our home church in Lisbon Wesleyan Church. And the pastor turned around and said, I'm not feeling well this morning. And I have a message I want to preach. He says, I'm going to kneel here at the altar, and I'd like Pastor Paul to come up and pray for me. So people gathered around him, and I came up in front of the altar, and I prayed. But after I prayed, I also noticed that as our bodies get older, we sometimes appreciate a little lift up from the altar. <laughs> and I saw one man do that with the pastor's wife who was struggling to get up, and someone with someone else. And sometimes we need a little lift when we've been bowed down for a while. Well, I have a confession to make this morning. I have never been able to touch my toes. I love athletics, and I uh, thank the Lord I've been allowed to play them. But I can't get anywhere close to touching my toes. Can some of you touch your toes, even some who are older? <laughs> okay, I'm sure some of you can, but I never could. This woman we're reading about today would probably touch her toes without problem, but she couldn't do what I've seen some of you do. She couldn't lift her hands straight up in the air to praise the Lord. She had been that way for 18 long years. And this story, when we can't straighten out our life for the lifting up of the bow down really spoke to me 
as I read it. I'm going to open my Bible to that passage and refer to a couple of verses, but since Warren has already read it in a, such a good manner, Luke 13, verses 10 through 17, we notice two people who are bent out of shape. The first I notice is the synagogue leader was bent out of shape. And the woman was bent over double, so to speak. But I love these two things. The woman shows up to the worship service. Now, some of you have battled with physical problems. Some of you, it's harder to get up in the morning. Some, it's harder to get around. I'm sure it was really hard for this woman. But when she went to the house of worship, God had something in store for her. And I pray that he will minister to your heart through something that said that the Holy Spirit will in a powerful way speak to you in words that are far beyond what I could speak. And he will minister to your heart. But the more important thing, Jesus showed up at the synagogue that day. And when Jesus shows up, you know something powerful is going to happen. Just a word of introduction to this woman. This woman's dilemma, bent double for 18 years, is her own. But perhaps you'll find some point where you can relate between your struggle and your case history and her own. It may be that she could even, her story could even speak to you and encourage you in your walk with Christ. Jesus shows up at the synagogue that day and perhaps naturally short and now bent double, she can hardly see anyone else. She couldn't hardly be seen in a crowd, but I love what verse 12 says in the scripture. It says, when Jesus saw her, he called out to her. One translation says, he summoned her. She couldn't see Jesus. But I love this. Jesus could see her. And aren't you glad he can see us? And each one of us, and what we need, I'm I, trying to memorize Matthew 6, 8, this this month of September, where it says, your father knows what you need before you ask him. Aren't you glad he knew what this woman needed? And he knows what we need. And though she couldn't see him, he could see her. And he spotted this woman and called her to his side. What a savior he is. Have you ever been so weighed down, so depressed, so bound, that you couldn't straighten yourself out? If so, maybe this message is for you. Heavenly Father, thank you for each worshiper here today. 
no matter what our gender, no matter what our age, no matter if our heart is light or heavy, thank you that you know us. Thank you for your steadfast, faithful love for each one of us. So may your Holy Spirit, in his excellent power, minister to each one for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So I want to ask this question, and there are six simple points. What do you do when you can't straighten out your life? As I read the scripture and as I looked over it, I came up with this, this six-part answer. First of all, let your heart respond to his gentle call. Jesus saw her crippled, bent. Some translations suggest by an evil force, bent double for 18 years, and she couldn't straighten up. Think of it bent double and the more I thought about that that she couldn't even straighten up she hadn't seen the stars for a long time I love to look at the stars at night they inspire me she probably couldn't even see the sunrise or the sunset about all she saw was she didn't have carpet the dirt <laughs> For 18 years. But in the synagogue that day, Jesus saw her and summoned her. Summoned her gently, graciously. Would you come over and stand by me? And I bet the synagogue got silent that day. As this woman came, you could have heard a pin drop. Oh, I'm telling you, if you hear Jesus gently tugging at your heart, it can be in the service this morning, it can be tomorrow morning on the way to work, it could be Wednesday night when you're tired at the end of the day, but when he gently summons you, just respond to his call. He can minister to us like no one else can. I remember when I grew up in the church and in a Christian home and I knew my parents prayed for my salvation, but I was struggling with Jesus save me. Could I know for sure that my sins were given and could I know that my name was written in the Lamb's Book of Life? And I was reading Revelation 3.20, one day alone in a room where Jesus said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. And he or she who hears my voice, and I said, Lord, I know I don't hear your ver voice verbally, but I know you've been speaking to me, and I know you want to save each one, and you want to save me. And he opens the door, and I just prayed and said, Lord, I know I opened my heart's door to you. And I looked down at the rest of the verse, and it said, I will come in. 
And when I read, I will, I knew Jesus didn't lie. And in that moment, I trusted him personally to do what he said and come into my heart. And peace came. The first thing, if we uh, can't straighten out our life, let your heart respond to the Lord's gentle call. The second is this. Let his word sink into your innermost being. Let his word sink into your innermost being. Notice what Jesus said to the woman. Woman, you are set free from your infirmity or your disability. Let his word sink into your innermost being. You are healed, actually loosed from your infirmity. As we sang this morning, aren't you glad that he's a chain breaker? That he can break those things that have us bound for so long. Like this woman, we each have seemed to have something that has bound us that we can't shake loose from, but he is able. Whether it's a bad habit, whether it's a fear, I love Psalm 34, 4. I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. Well, that blows all of our excuses, doesn't it? <laughs> from all of our fears. Or we can't forgive as someone, as the Lord forgave us. God can set us free from whatever have us bound if we let his word sink into our innermost hearts. I tell this story, I'm not proud of it, but it's what happened to me as a teenager. And... Uh, I share it just to know that God is able to set us free in our innermost being if we let his word sink into our heart. I was uh, in junior high school, and I loved sports, and one day uh, a guy in school said, I'm done with this, you can take it, and it was a Sports Illustrated swimsuit edition. And I took it home, and I looked in, and I go, wow. I'd never seen girls in those swimsuits. And I cut out my favorite pictures and I put it in a little book, kept it in my bottom dresser because I knew my mom or dad wouldn't approve. And sometimes at night I'd take it out and look at it with the wrong thoughts in my mind. One morning, I woke up to my mother yelling, Paul, the bus is coming up the road. I jumped up, threw in my clothes, ran downstairs, made the bus but I let that book lay on the bed. When I came home from junior high school that day and got off the bus and was walking up to our farmhouse, we had steps, pretty many steps going up. My mom was at the top of the steps. She always had something baked, always had something to welcome us home from school. That day when I was coming up the stairs, my mother said to me, I'm going to use the voice she used, so if any of you need to plug your ears, you can do no. My mother's name was Mildred, and it means gentle counselor. My mother said to me that day, 
in this voice. Paul David. I saw the book you left lay out on your bed last night. Do you think that really pleases Jesus? And she turned and walked back into the house. God used what she said to sink into my innermost being. Do you think that really pleases Jesus? I walked up those stairs with a heavy heart. I walked up to my room and I opened the door and that book was still laying on the bed. My mother didn't tear it up or burn it. She could have destroyed it, but it wouldn't have taken it out of my heart. The Holy Spirit was guiding my mom. And when I saw that book, I knew what I had to do. I grabbed it and rolled it up in a circle. It was in like a flimsy notebook cover. And I came downstairs and I got a jar of matches, or got a match out of the jar, went out to the old smokehouse in the farm, and I burned it. And God set me free. And I haven't battled with lustful thoughts or looks since that day. If we let his word sink into our innermost heart, God is able to set us free. What has amazed me is when I've shared that story, God has used it to gently speak to others. I had a father come to me and told me, when you shared that story in Bible study, God spoke to me. Let his word sink into your innermost being. When God spoke to me, I knew what I had to do. The marvelous thing is, Sometime later, his son called me and said, I want you to pray for me because God wants to set me free from that. The third thing we need to do when we can't straighten out our life, let Jesus touch you. You will never be the same. The scripture says that Jesus laid his hands on her, and instantly, instantly she was restored. Instantly. This woman let Jesus lay his hands on her, and immediately she's whole, and she was made whole. And aren't you glad Jesus specializes in making people whole? In lifting up the bowed down. Psalm 145, verse 14 says this, the Lord helps all who fall and raises up all who are oppressed or bowed down. Psalm 3, verse 3 says, but thou, O Lord, art a shield for me, my glory, and the lifter up of my head. You've seen people sometimes when someone's really down, reach over and gently lift up their chin. Sometimes I think we all get our head is bowed down and there's a lot of cares and worries. And I think sometimes the Lord just wants to gently lift up our head and help us to see what he is able to do and what his power can do. And I believe, listen my friend, it will take the authority of God's word and Jesus' powerful touch on your life to put the past under your feet. 
this woman was suffering as a great result of something, as a result of something that had attacked her 18 years earlier. Satan had bound her and kept her bound. I wonder if you can relate to a long-standing hurt or a long-standing struggle that is, it's as fresh to you as the day it happened. But let Jesus touch you and you will never be the same. I was in a phone conversation with one of my nieces, and my wife will understand this story, and she is so upset with so many of us in our family, and she can tell the story of what we did that upset her, and she was just going on and on and on and on, and she said, I can't get past the, what do I have? And you couldn't get a word in edgewise, but I wanted to say, you need to forgive. You need to give it up to God. Isn't that what Jesus told us? Forgive as the Lord forgave you. Some things stay around and we just have to release them to the Lord. Number four, let your praise and thanks to God flow. When Jesus touched her, she couldn't shut off the flow of praise. She started praising God and praise to him just flowed out of her mouth and she began to praise the Lord. I still like to hear that chorus. Uh, when I first heard it sung in church, it just kind of went right through me and it goes something like this. He is here, alleluia. He is here, amen. He is here, holy, holy, I will bless his name again. He is here, listen closely, he is calling out your name. He is here, let him touch you. You will never be the same. The woman just couldn't keep quiet. She started praising the Lord. I want to ask you, when you see people, how do you see them? Well, sometimes I see someone walking in with a bad limp. And I say, boy, they really have bad knees. Or I see someone, I saw a man this week in uh, one of the stores I was in. He was really bent double, and I thought of this woman. When people looked at this woman and teenagers in the synagogue, they said, there's old Mrs. Bent Double. But how does Jesus see people? When Jesus looked at a leper, Jesus saw a child of God. When he looked at this bent-over woman, Jesus saw a woman who would stand ten feet tall in her praise. And she couldn't stop praising the Lord for what he had done for her. My fifth point 
is let the sour pusses sour. There's always going to be some, aren't there? Let the sour pusses sour. The synagogue leader, after this woman is healed, pipes up and says, come on one of the other six days, not on the Sabbath day. There's always those people, aren't there? I remember this truth. And God has helped me to see, too, that sometimes those people are sour. It doesn't make them bad people. Some people look at the glass half empty, you know. But I don't try to de-Christianize them, and I'm going to tell this true story about this man. And I, I love this man, but I thought, you're missing the point. True story. My dad told me that one Sunday night after I was pastoring in western Pennsylvania, back home at my home church in the Wesleyan Church in Cherryville, Pennsylvania, on a Sunday night service, Afterwards, he had greeted a few people, and he noted a bunch of Christians around a new Christian, a truck driver. And my dad, who was a layman, worked at Bethlehem Steel, slipped over towards him, and he heard them saying, you've got to quit smoking, you've got to quit your cigarettes. And my dad slipped in, and God gave my dad so much wisdom. He said, whoa, whoa, fellas. John, or whatever his name was, John, we're just glad you're coming to church. We want you to keep coming. God will let you know when it's time to quit. What an example for a man going into the ministry. But then there's the rest of the story. John kept coming. And one day, he's a truck driver, one day he has his cigarettes in his pocket, he's driving down Route 22, and his logbook vibrated onto the floor. And at that time, it wasn't too busy, so he's holding on a deal, and when nothing was coming, he bent up, and his cigarette fell out of his pocket. And just that quick, the Holy Spirit spoke and said, they're on the floor. Kick them out the door. And he did. And he was set free. I told that to one of my friends. Said, he said, you mean he littered? <laughs> Number six, the last point is this. Let Christ's question sink into your heart. Jesus' question at the end of the story was, wasn't it necessary for me to free this dear woman from the bondage in which Satan has held her for 18 years? I am so glad Jesus can set free from bondage, from an addiction, from anger, from not being able to forgive someone, Whatever it is that we struggle with. And let's be honest at the end of the message. Does Jesus want to set you free? And one more question. Does the enemy want to keep you bound? My prayer is this. That this very day, you will let Jesus set you free. And I heard a 
well-known pastor say one day, if you just crack open the door and say, Lord, I, I, I need, he will flood with light and set you free. In John chapter 8 and verse 36, Jesus says, if the Son set you free, you will be free indeed. What a wonderful Savior Jesus is. I'm glad that he sees us and cares about us and speaks gently to us. But if we let him, <laughs> he'll put his power on our life and set us free. What a Savior he is. Worship team's going to come. I'm praying the Holy Spirit will use the song they've selected to speak to our heart, and then I'll close in prayer.
Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for this house of worship. It's so good to see so many faces we recognize and even new people. The power of this story is in that this woman was there even when she was hurting. God help these people to be faithful in worship. Sunday by Sunday, may you do great things in this church and we're praying and believing you for a new pastor. And God, speaking of believing in you, I read recently and it keeps speaking to me. I wrote it on a card in my pocket. God's greatest desire is to be believed in. We believe you for the salvation of people we're praying for. We believe you for healing. We believe you for lifting up those that are bowed down. For the glory of your name, go before us, Lord, and may we be singing a song in Jesus' name. Amen. <laughs> 